Amen. Wonderful. That's fantastic. What a context to be able to share something of our vision that begins with Christ at the center, of course. That's the context for everything we've got to say. And uh, I hope you noticed that as Tracy, not Tracy, as Karen brought that prophetic song. Sorry. Sorry, ladies. As Karen brought that prophetic song, she talked about uh, the whole body, the church being full, and it's about all of us taking our place. And if you followed the train of the prophetic, there was so much calling to each of us. What do you need? What do you need? What do you want? What are you asking of God? Uh, what do you think of yourself before God? You heard Trevor's encouragement that each has a part to play. You heard Nancy's picture that Andy's just picked up about us each holding Christ in place. And so there's a call to each one of us in what's already come through. And that follows through, I think, as we continue to look at our vision. So my task in about 10 minutes or so is to remind us of the fourth pillar of our shared vision, and that's transforming society. And it it is just a reminder. You know this stuff, but we wanted to look at it again as we come into this new year. And I want to begin by just uh, sharing a video with you. Uh, Hopefully you'll recognise some of these, assuming it works. Hi Penny, you're involved in English Cafe and teaching English, I gather. So, um, yeah, why do you do this? What's your motivation? Primarily, it's because I know that if people don't know English, then I can't share the gospel with them. Brilliant. Um, Also, God has using my skills and experience built up over my career and it doesn't waste anything. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Penny. God bless. Hi, Paul. It's great to be with you. Um, Paul, you've been involved in Street Passes for decades, maybe. No, not quite Not decades. decades. All right, many years. Why why do you do it? What's your motivation? I love to... It was a way for me to serve others and to serve the community at a time that was convenient for me. I worked long hours during the week, so I can't get involved in other stuff. So, all night on a Saturday night, it's a time when I'm free. Lovely. So that's why I love doing it. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Love you. Hi, hi Mike and Val. Great to see you. I gather you're kicking off another marriage course. Tell me, wh- why are you doing that? Um, because we believe that marriage and family is important to God. And so, um, it's easy in relationships sometimes to let things slip and things not to end up being the best that they can be and this is something where you're putting maintenance into a relationship. Fantastic. And one of the, uh, one of the cornerstones of it is communication so on the course we spend more of time talking to one another and uh, it's really helpful seeing as I know we can just spend a whole evening not saying a word to one another. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to have that refresh. Brilliant. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Hey Lucy, great to be with you. Um, You work in children's services. Tell me, what's your motivation? Why do you do that? Um, Well, it started off really just to help families that are in need and to help children in particular be safe and live a happy life and do whatever I can to do that. So in adoption now, it's helping children find families to, um, to care for them and look after them and see them through their childhood. Brilliant. That sounds really great. Thank you. So I've got Colin and Mary with me. As many of us know, they have a big care for the environment and are, are leading us in many ways and provoking us in that. Colin and Mary, what's your motivation? What, why, why do you do this? Why is this a big emphasis for you? 
I think it goes back to sort of the, the two commandments that Jesus gave to, to love God uh, with all your heart and soul and mind. And, uh, and we know that God created this earth and, and loves it and provided it for us. So in our loving and worshipping God, we want to care for the creation around us. Wonderful. You want to add anything, Mary? Um, yes, yes. Um, it's, but, and also, yeah, just basically about loving your neighbour. Um, because thinking of that, just not the person nearby, but it could be in the other part of the world who's suffering from climate crisis, injustice. And um, so, yeah, it's simple, really. Um, just, yeah, that's why we do it. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah. If you want to know more from these guys, please speak to them. Wasn't that good? Transforming society is about everything. The gospel is about everything. We have an everything gospel, and we're already doing it. I could have interviewed any one of you in here, uh, and you could tell me your story and how you're participating in the spread of this gospel in your day-to-day life. One of those main areas, of course, that we touched on there with Lucy is the area of our work most of us are working. And in our daily lives, we live out the character of God at our place of work. We demonstrate the kindness of God. We, many of us are motivated to do our work, to do it in ways that point to the God we worship, who's loving, who cares for people, who's for people, who wants them to thrive. And work is not something I do until I really do what God wants. It's not an inconvenience that keeps me from God's work. It's where God wants me to shine, what the community in which he wants me to play a part in seeing it transformed. Work is what God calls us to do. It's probably also one of the greatest places of our transformation ourselves into Christ. It's where I interact with people and I get rubbed up the wrong way and I have problems to solve and I have moods to sort out and I start to be transformed in that place of work. Work is where I can reflect something of God's creativity, God's governing attributes. It's where I can steward and rule in the way, in the, in the manner in which God has called me to. Now, some of us go beyond that or find we have capacity and time to do voluntary work. But the, the principle is the same. What about creation? We heard from Colin and Mary. Creation is the place that God has put us to live. Creation made to reflect the glory of God, God's handiwork, God's fingerprints found all over this planet. Yes, tainted in the fall, but awaiting, we know from the Bible, awaiting redemption. Think of Romans 8 and the creation crying out, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. We have a part to play in the transformation of this creation. People, all people, made in God's image, made to know him, are known by him, made for relationship with him. That's why our welcome of people is so important. Our treatment of people is vital because whatever background, whatever race, whatever gender, people are made in the image of God and need to be treated as such. 
And so we welcome all as made in God's image. And the way we respond to people is transformative. It may show someone love and kindness in a way that they've never experienced before. Those are just three examples. Work, creation, are dealing with people in which we play a part in seeing transformation come. In our vision statement, we have this verse written into that pillar three. Well, it's verse eight, actually. These are the preceding verses. So let's just have a quick look at that. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, this is the verse we have, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Our verse 8 follows this complaint by God against his people. You can see the contrast there. God's people can get so caught up with sacrifice and offering and God simply wants justice and mercy. It speaks of God's character, a God who is just, a God who is merciful. And as I live that out at work, in my conduct in creation, in my treatment of other people, as I work for justice and mercy, both of which I need myself, I express the character of God and it's transformative. Transforming society. We believe in it because... God wanted it from the beginning for this earth. And he wanted this earth and all who live in it to thrive, to live well, to live in relationship. It's been broken and marred, hasn't it? And we, every single one of us, if we believe the prophetic word of God this afternoon, every single one of us has the opportunity to partner with God in our daily lives, in our voluntary work, in our actions, in our words, in seeing this world brought into that fullness in which God's shalom, his peace, his justice, his favor is felt and experienced and known by all. So what? God's whole mission is for God's whole church. Everybody can't do everything. That's why we each have to play our part. The whole church's mission includes every church member. We have different callings. We have different ways in which God has sent us, but each has a part to play in seeing this world transformed. Every church member's mission includes the whole of life. There's no sacred, secular divide. Jesus is Lord of all. That is transforming society. And that's one of our key pillars. So this was the, uh, the four pillars that we had originally when we, when we uh, started the hub. And that scripture of Revelation 7 verse 9 was our inspiration After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, 
standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. What a wonderful picture. What a wonderful picture of where we will find ourselves one day. All of us will find ourselves worshipping our God. The white robes signifying the cleansing of sin, the pure holiness and the, um, the palm branches signifying the victory and the triumph that Jesus has won over sin and death. One day, we will be there before the throne worshipping together. Every nation, it says. Every nation, every tribe, every people and language. What a wonderful picture. And that is our heart for the church. That is our heart for the inspiration of why we've selected that scripture. And it represents for me a welcome for all, a welcome. And Phil mentioned it, how we want to welcome everybody, how important it is. That we're made in the image, and it's one thing to be made in the image of God, but it's another thing to be in the likeness of God. We want to be like him. We want the spirit of God within us to make us like him. And that is such a massive challenge for every one of us. And it's, you know, it's not easy, is it? I mean, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I come up against somebody that doesn't like me. I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe, but it's happened. And every once in a while, I just come across somebody. I just don't seem to be able to get on. And I think God brings these people to us. He brings us to us to knock off the, the edges. You know, we've heard today, God uses everything. He's a great God. And together, we bring heaven down to earth. I don't know about you, but when you meet somebody that isn't like you, they bring such a, rich, a richness, something that's completely different to, to me. And I need that. I need that. Um, being willing to give up my way of doing things, oh, it's so hard. It is, a, it is, it is difficult for me. I mean, I'm be open. But God wants us to embrace people who are not like us. I mean, I don't mean embrace physically. I mean, we can't go embracing everybody in the world, but there we go. You know what I mean. You know, Phil and I have been uh, to India, and the first time that Margie and myself went to India was 30 years ago. And we went into a big conference room. It was a shack, really. And we sat on a concrete floor. They laid out leaves, banana leaves, and poured out curry from a metal bucket, and it was goat curry. You didn't ask what you were receiving. You didn't look at it too closely. And sometimes it felt like you were chewing on something that they'd, that they'd be giving to 
uh, a contestant in the final of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And after you've chewed on it for about three minutes, you think, I'm, I'm not sure. But we were taught to eat everything that was set before us. And so we did it. And, and, and it, was, it wasn't easy. Dealey was there. You'd know, wouldn't you? And we were sitting on the floor eating off banana leaves with our hands. Now, that is just not British, is it? That, you, that is not what we, we do in England. It is. Just, just think, no washing up. Man, there was a lack of washing up. There's, there's some positives. Well, Phil and I went back to India um, this year, and lo and behold, we went, we went into a restaurant this time. And we're still eating off banana leaves. And that was a biryani, and it was lovely, and we were stuffed by the end of it. And that meal cost us 350 rupees. I think three pounds fifty, and um, and but it's you know they were gracious to us, and we've we've got used to it now, um, and we love the place. But more's to the point, and this is where I'm going. We met these people, who we dearly love, and and who quite honestly put us to shame in their love for the people around them, for the for their for their community. They show the love of Christ. And we can learn from these people. We can learn so much. You know, we also had a Hong Kong family round to our house um, about the early part of last year. And I cooked them this big roast. And uh, it was a roast lamb. I thought it was great with... How are we doing for time? Just make sure I don't go on too long. Uh, all the trimmings, and it was laid out on the table, and this Hong Kong family were sat there politely. And in the end, one of them piped up, Robin, in our culture, we can't start eating until the host sits down. Will you please sit down? And in that moment, I realized there was a cultural difference that I hadn't grasped. And, uh, and we had a wonderful, wonderful meal together. And they're not like me, praise God, but they bring such a richness. And, you know, we want that. We want that richness. We want every time we see somebody, we see somebody who is in the image and can be in the likeness of God. The other thing that I wanted to make just quickly is that actually diversity is actually in our DNA as a church, as a group of churches. Since the 70s, we've been known or calling ourselves an Antioch church. And in the church in Antioch, it was the first place where Believers were called Christians. Why? Because it was a whole melting pot of different cultures and people from Syria, from Greeks, from Rome, from all over the place. And these people were getting born again and joining the church, and they were no longer Jews, all Jews. So the Romans had to call them something. So they called them Christians. And it was no longer a religion of just 
the, the, the Jewish people. And it was founded out of that diversity. So you've got Paul from Tarsus, Barnabas from Cyprus, Simeon, an African, Lucius from North Africa, and other leaders, rich and poor. You know, there was a wonderful diversity. If I can. We've had prophetic words about being a church without walls. And those prophetic words still stand, breaking down barriers. Our love for the nations. I'm not just talking about Uganda with Kate and her two lovely daughters, or Patty, or um, that's uh, Chandra, and, and so in Nepal, you know, our love for these people that are reaching out. But we could go further. We could look at the, the Hong Kongers that are coming. We could, we're reaching out to the asylum seekers, all of the people that are in our town. You know, our leadership, we want to be uh, representative. We want to have a diversity. And that's not because, you know, we want diversity for the sake of diversity. We want the people that God wants on our leaders, don't get me wrong. But we want that to represent the heart of God. And so can I encourage you? I stole that from Phil's slides. You know, we want uh, a, a, a church that represents the heart of God, don't we? And I'm glad that everybody's not like me. I can't tell you how glad I am. And I think the leadership would tell you they're glad that not everybody's not like me too. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> and so we need one another. And we need to reach out to those people that are not like us. So can I encourage you this year to be brave and courageous, to step out, to meet people that are not like you and me, to reach out to those people that we might see, that we might see that God wants us to reach out to. Thank you.